Good morning. Welcome to here at Teaching Columbus today. If you're worshipping with us or indeed if you're online, we bid you a warm welcome um, on this um, day of celebration as we continue to celebrate uh, the God who we believe in, a God who is alive and who is well and who is at work today. Uh, but a day for us uh, as a community and as a, as a family uh, with a little tinge of sadness as we say uh, goodbye to Sarah um, today. And we'll come to that um, a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to do a little interview with Sarah um, to ask some questions and to hear her thoughts um, uh, on what the year has been like. Um, I asked her, did she want to be pre-warned of what these questions were going to be? Um, she said no. Rookie mistake. <laughs> but in saying no, I think that shows a part of who you are. Um, it shows your ability to be flexible. It shows your ability um, to step into the situation and to carry on. Uh, there's a level that might be nervous and below, and <laughs> uh, but you don't show that. Um, and so there's a level of confidence in your own ability um, to carry it off. Uh, and I think that's something we have experienced and saw um, throughout this year as you have ministered uh, amongst us. So, the first question. How have you survived this year? <laughs> Uh, a lot of caffeine. <laughs> um, no, um, I survived this year through a number of things. I suppose there were certain things that I wanted to learn, certain things that I knew that I was good at, but that I wanted to improve in as well. And James and I sat down very early on and had that conversation uh, of where we wanted this year to take us. Um, so how have I survived um, I couldn't do probably without Daniel or my friends and my family who are a big support but also I think the environment in which I came into it was always very welcoming there was that permission to get it wrong but to try again and there was no judgment there as well so I think that's how I probably made it through. Good. Didn't say anything about me. I, well, I, I was expecting to say I'm not sure how I survived being with you for a year, but there we are. That's quite good. Um, so what's been enjoyable about this year? What, what have you enjoyed this year? I suppose people would say, oh, it hasn't been the Deacon year that you imagined, or it hasn't been a great year. But actually, in hindsight, it has, because we've just had to adapt to whatever government restrictions were in place. And I suppose in a way that's been enjoyable because you've had to be flexible, you've had to find new ways of being and doing church. And I think everybody has been very open to that. Um, so I think that's actually been enjoyable about how we can change things uh, and make them fit whatever circumstances we are in. Um, so there's been um, a few changes this year uh, for you. Um, how has that affected you? So, look, you've, you've, you hinted at the fact that there's been changes because of COVID. Yeah. There's been other changes in your life yeah. um, as well. So um, how, how have you shaped or changed because of some of those changes? Um, I suppose it's quite a big year. We were meant to get married before Deacon Year started and then it didn't quite happen thanks to COVID. <laughs> Um, and we got married in December then here in Dairoge and I think that says something in itself that we feel very much at home here. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, how being married to him has, has it changed you in any shape or form? 
This, this, is the, nice. this is the point where you have the microphone and he doesn't, so you can say <laughs> what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Daniel is making the dinner later. Yeah, I think we've just had to adapt to a new schedule, kind of working things out. As some people know, it's kind of difficult whenever you move in with someone else and finding their little ways and, and my little ways, but it's just all about adapting and changing and it's a part of life um, even with moving house and stuff recently we've had to adapt and change but we have to be open to that and following where God leads us in those changes. Okay so you said you moved house um, so you're now living uh, physically living in Armagh. Uh, what's Armagh like? <laughs> Um, I Bear in mind, they're all watching, no they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I have always lived in Lisburn my whole life, so for in order to move to another city, my brain was completely confused. We needed something one day and I went out the front door and stopped and thought, oh, I actually don't know where to go to get this. Um, so we've just been kind of gathering our bearings. We've been doing lots of walks around the place. Daniel's bought himself a pair of welly boots, so he fits right in. Um, Armagh's lovely city. There's loads of great coffee shops, um, loads of nice stuff like that. So we're still exploring. We're still trying to find our feet um, and stuff like that. And has he found a golf course yet? Oh, yes. Oh, that was, that was yeah. very fast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and so Mark's Armagh. Uh, what are you looking forward to whenever you go and start ministering there? Uh, whenever I go to a new place, I always look forward to getting to know the people and mm -hmm. um, see where they're at, see what are their spiritual needs and how can I help them work through that and journey with them through that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting to know the people, but also just getting stuck in as well. It's, we've known for some time that we're going to Armagh and there's been a kind of a transition period. So it's quite nice now to be able to know that actually next week we're starting and I can get my feet stuck in and begin. Super. Um, I've known uh, Malcolm, who'll be your uh, training rector in your curacy uh, for many years, Malcolm. Uh, and Claire, um, Claire's from Dungan. <laughs> Dodgy. A man that goes down gallon finds a wife. Must be a very. I need to be quiet now, really, don't I? It should be quiet now. Um, but yeah, Ma Malcolm and Claire and the family are lovely, and you'll, I think you'll fit. It's a really good fit for you uh, as a couple um, to be there, and uh, we know that it'll be a blessing uh, for you. you sh maybe some of these questions that's coming now, you maybe um, already answered some of them way back at the very beginning of your year. Uh, but let's just refresh our minds and an opportunity just to hear another little bit about who you are in that sense. Um, how did you fall in love with Jesus? Um, so for me, I grew up um, in a Christian home and in a Christian family. Went to Sunday school, answered the questions, got the sweet. And that was all it kind of meant at that stage. But it was always made known that if I wanted to follow Jesus, it would be my decision. It would never be pushed upon me. Um, and so probably when I was about six years old, my mum had been at a women's conference called Focus Fest. Uh, and she had brought home this little book called What is Being a Christian? Um, and I read it and I told my parents that I wanted to be one of these people. And so there's a really lovely moment where we sat down together and I say, said the prayer, but suppose at such a young age it didn't really mean that much it was only 
as I grew older and different life circumstances that I started to realise for myself who God was um, and how he was outlived in my life. Um, so it was only really when I was in second year at school um, that I was very sick and I actually started to question God and um, questioned why this was happening and um, why I couldn't be at school, why I had to be in hospital all the time. Um, and from there actually my faith deepened uh, and I started to get this call to study uh, theology more and that's when the idea of Bible college uh, came into mind. But that's it in a compact little. Okay. Two more questions okay. and we'll add from there. Uh, first one is, what's God been teaching you recently? Um, slow down. <laughs> okay. um, those, that was one of the things that I suppose I taught myself this year was to know when to stop, to know when to just sit back, take a break um, and let him talk for a while instead of me doing all the talking and all the doing. Um, I was very much going from one thing to the next um, and I suppose we live in that kind of society where our schedules, are, our schedules are so combined by time and we have to be at this thing and the next thing. And when we're at the current thing, we're thinking of what we're doing next. So I suppose for me it was just slow down, just take a deep breath and just take in my surroundings and listen to what God is teaching me. And last one, what would be your parting words to us as a parish? No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> Um, I suppose keep going. Um, it hasn't been an easy year as clergy and even as parishioners. Um, with church buildings being closed, there may be that sense of just feeling not ready to come back or feeling like you're in a strange place um, or just not feeling like a community or a family anymore, especially when there's no tea and coffee after church, which is actually fellowship in itself. Um, so I suppose keep going, keep fighting the good fight and strengthening and encouraging each other because after all, we are family. Okay, brilliant. Uh, we're going to pray uh, for you um, and for Daniel. Um, and uh, as we, uh, well, before we do that, um, as a parish, we want to um, just mark with a small token um, our appreciation to you. Um, uh, come on, you up as well. Uh, our appreciation to you. Thank you. Um, lovely little flower. Yeah. Um, and our appreciation um, to Daniel as well for the support that he's given you um, during the year. So, Daniel, there you are. Thank you very much. Don't eat them. I promise I will. That's right. <laughs> you, you, you won't be able to. Um, and, Sarah, that, that's for you as well. I know Thank a number of prisoners have contributed. Um, to your gift um, and so uh, that's a small uh, sort of home communion set uh, where a private communion set where she'll be able to um, she's ordained uh, priest uh, and being able to celebrate communion uh, privately uh, with housebound people uh, throughout the rest of her ministry she will be taken from this place uh, and use uh, throughout her ministry uh, and then um, there's also a monetary gift um, in there as well for use uh, as a couple all right um, but can we pray for you? Um, if you're comfortable um, stretching out a hand um, towards Sarah and Daniel, uh, I'd appreciate if you did that um, as we pray for them um, as a couple. Father God, we thank you uh, for this couple. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, for who you have made them um, and created them to be. Uh, Lord, we thank you um, that you knit them together uh, in their mother's womb, but you've knit them together as a couple, uh, as a unit. 
Uh, Lord, thank you for the way in which they've poured themselves into this place over the last year. Uh, for the gifts that uh, Sarah has exuded here at the front in her teaching, in her pastoral care, uh, Lord, and how she prays amongst us and encourages us quietly. And Lord, we thank you that she is exactly the same no matter where you find her or what situation you find her in. She's just Sarah. Uh, and Lord, what a wonderful uh, way to be. And Lord, thank you for Daniel for the way in which he uh, supports her, uh, cares for her, loves her, guides her. Uh, and for them uh, as a unit, as they move forward to Armagh, bless them immeasurably um, as they go. Uh, for we know that they will bless others immeasurably in turn. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, we turn our eyes um, to the screen uh, as we hear God's word read to us. Today's reading is from Ephesians, chapter 6, reading verses 10 to 20. The whole armour of God. A final word. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. Put on all of God's armour, so that you will be able to stand firm against all the tricks of the devil. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. Use every piece of God's armour to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting the sturdy belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. In every battle you will need faith as your shield, to stop the arrows aimed at you by Satan. Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words, as I boldly explain God's secret plan that good news is for the Gentiles too. I am in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassador, but pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him, as I should. Here ends the reading. Let's thank you, Eileen, uh, for bringing uh, that reading today. Let's just pray briefly as we come before God's word. Father God, thank you for your word which is living and active. May it speak uh, truth into the depths of our being. Your word, uh, not my words in this moment, we pray. Amen. Um, the armour uh, of God is a fairly well-known passage of scripture. Um, it's a passage that we pray uh, over people. Um, often pray over people as they go out um, to do something. Um, and as we've travelled through this book uh, of Ephesians uh, in the summer months, this is the passage that we had was naturally lined up uh, to arrive in the lectionary today um, as we send um, Sarah and Daniel off to Armagh. Uh, almost imagine that there was a wee God instance in there for us uh, in this moment. But the thing about this passage, it's often uh, used uh, as the armour of God. You put on this armour, which we'll look at briefly, but... Uh, really what's happening here is the Apostle Paul is trying to waken the church in Ephesus up to a spiritual battle. 
to the fact that we are made out of mind, of body, and of soul. That there are things in this physical realm that harm us. There are things in this physical realm that we can see and touch and taste and hear. And then there's the other realm, the spiritual realm, that is all about us. The part of our bodies, the soul, is the, the part that, in a sense, lives in essence in that sphere, in that place. And as this scripture says, there is a battle raging all around us uh, all of the time. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so we need to awaken to this spiritual battle. Awaken to the fact that there are forces at work around us that seek to pull us down. And the spiritual world can step into the physical world. That's why we need the armor of God. That's why we need to be conscious and awaken to the fact that this is all around us. Now, over the last year, uh, from your teaching, from your presence amongst us, uh, we know that you're aware that there's a battle on and there is a battle around you and a battle around us. You're aware of that and how you pray into situations and for situations. How you sensitively lift and listen to people and pray for them. And in that moment, you almost transport them into a different place, I think, is, a, is a possibly a way of trying to say it. You have a wonderful gift of reading the situation, and praying God's presence into it. Don't ever let that slip away. Keep that to the forefront uh, of your ministry. And so as you're alert, we need to be alert. We need to put on this full armor of God. What is this armor? Well, verse 13 tells us to put on the armor of God so whenever the day of evil comes, notice whenever the day of evil comes, the armor's there for a purpose. It's protective. For us, you may be able to stand your ground. The Apostle Paul tells us to be aware that the battle is coming and that the battle is around us, and then we're to stand our ground. And then he tells us, every, after you've done everything to stand, stand firm, because he knows that in our humanity, in our moments of our human nature that sometimes in the physical world takes over us, that sometimes we can almost walk away quicker than we need to. We can crumble quicker than we desire. That's why he says, stand firm. And after you've done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Keep going. Keep being aware of what is happening around you and standing firm. Feet firmly planted, heels firmly pressed down, so that you cannot be blown over. And whenever you've done that, take the belt of truth and place it around your waist. Now the belt in the Roman soldier's armor, below the armor they were worn like a woven tunic and they put the belt around it to ensure that the tunic didn't fall or did not trip them up whenever they were in battle. It didn't become cumbersome around them. Apostle Paul takes that moment and he says, use the belt of truth. Because truth, honesty, is what will ensure that you don't trip up. 
having that life of integrity, in a sense comes before you place all of these other pieces of the armor upon you. And like we've just prayed, I think what we have seen over this last year is that no matter where you are, you're just you. (laughs) Um, And I think that's a very powerful thing. Don't lose that. Keep that. With the belt of truth on, take a blessed plate of righteousness. Always seek to do what the Lord would have us do. Stand firm with our feet fitted with the shoes that come from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up a shield of faith. We'll extinguish the firing arrows of the devil. Whenever you put on those pieces of the armor, it begins to shield you in a way that only the Lord can shield you. The breastplate of righteousness, seeking God's will for your steps. Then in your steps, always carrying the gospel of peace with you. And in carrying the gospel of peace, holding up the shield of faith in order that anything that comes at you has to get through the shield of faith. The faith being certain of the things that we cannot see. Leaning into the presence of God, ensuring that we know that he has this. That he is in this moment with us. Take up the helmet of salvation. Know that you are who you are. Know that you are the Lord's and that he is yours. Keep your mind safe. Don't allow the devil, the great accuser, to whisper the lies into you. And then take up the sword of the Spirit. And if you note in the armor, the sword is the only offensive weapon. Everything else, all of the integrity, of the honesty, of the righteousness, uh, of the salvation, all of those things are, in a sense, defensive things that we can hold on to. But the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is the only offensive weapon. Because contained in these pages, these living and active words are everything that we need for the battle. The promises that we can stand on, the truth that we can speak, and the words that we can live by. And so we carry this into the battle, ensuring that we know it. And I think we've seen uh, through our home groups, our life groups, through uh, your teachings, Sarah, you know the scriptures. You have a wonderful ability to apply the scriptures into your life, but also into our lives. And so you carry that as your weapon with you. This journey, as you shared a little minute earlier, this journey has taken you from a young teenager all the way through to this point. Um, A journey you can look back on, and as you've really shared briefly today, you had lots of questions in. Those questions, some of those questions will always be there in one sense because we will always question and have questions for the Lord but to continue the journey with him to ensure that you walk with him every day to ensure that he is teaching you something new that you're listening for his voice and you see at the end of this particular scripture 
In verse 18 it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. As you go from this place, may you know that we continue to pray for you. And we know that you will pray for us. That's a part of what being in God's family is all about. But in a sense, if we can turn uh, the words of verse 19 and 20 around a little bit without twisting what the Scriptures mean, I want to use these words as we pray for you in this moment as well, going forward. That whenever you open your mouth, the words may be given to you so that you would fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which the Apostle Paul was an ambassador and you too and us are an ambassador of it, that we may declare it fearlessly. And whilst we have applied some of this into your life today, it also applies to our lives as a congregation and as a parish in this place, that we take on the armour of the Lord, that we stand firm, that we fearlessly live out the gospel that we have been entrusted with. As we are thankful for the ministry that Sarah's had amongst us, it's now our moment to continue to build upon those foundations that she has laid in this place. So as we go from this place, all of us today, may we each be mightily used by the Lord who is at work in this community. Let us pray. Father, help us by your Spirit to take these words today and to entrust them into the depths of our hearts. In your name, amen. As we go this morning, let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for hearing our prayers, feeding us with your word and encouraging us in meeting together. Take us and use us to love and serve you and all people in the power of your spirit and in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord turn his face towards us and give us peace. Amen. <laughs>